Welcome to the Co-Living Circle podcast. I am your host and the founder of Co-Living Circle, Paul Burke, and I am joined today by Kate Maolini. Did I say that right? Yeah. I got it. What is that one? I did practice that beforehand, so I did have a head start. Um, but Kate is the mayor of London at Startup Home, which is a co-living space in the UK. And um, we're very happy you're here, Kate. Thanks for joining us, even with all this sort of madness happening. Yeah, thank you for having me, actually, on your podcast. Um, so l- let's start off by talking about Startup Home a little bit. Um, sure. One of the things I've been most interested in is there's sort of a divide or I guess a spectrum right now with co-living. One being there's more broad communities like um, Common or Star City, and I'm sure there's some others in the UK. And then there's some that are a little bit more niche, that are more uh, mission specific. And Startup Home happens to be one focused on entrepreneurs, uh, startup founders, and I guess you would say freelancers. Um, Talk a little bit more about what Startup Home is and what you guys do. Yeah, um, I guess, you know, Startup Home is uh, a co-living based in London, as you said. So our house right now is in Islington, which is slightly on the north side of the city for people that uh, know London quite well. It's a beautiful area. It's a co-living that focuses on providing accommodation, community and sanctuary to entrepreneurs remote workers and innovators, and that is from any race, nationality, religion, background. Um, In this sort of way, what do we do is that we aim to create a more vibrant, open, and also accountable society. These are things that are extremely important to us. Uh, We are one of, we are the first, actually, uh, social enterprise in co-living in Europe, and uh, the part which is social is extremely important to us. Um, the focus of Startup Home uh, for this niche market, let's say, so entrepreneur, um, remote workers, and innovators, it, it mainly comes from the fact that we are, you know, uh, geeks in a sort of way and innovators and entrepreneurs ourselves. And so we understood the importance of, uh, you know, attack, uh, how important it is for people living together, people that are very similar, and how that impacts what you do, how you do it, how quick you can do it, how well you can do it as well, and also your general well-being and mental well-being. That's great. And so... I mean, one of the things that we, and we, we have a blog post in which you wrote out some answers to some questions I had, and I'll, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But one of the things that I thought was super interesting was it seems like there's a pretty wide range of people within entrepreneurship, like lawyers, accountants. Um, talk a little bit about, first of all, how many members you guys have and sort of what the, I guess, demographic in terms of uh, what sort of entrepreneurs are we talking about? Yeah, so... Uh, we have, uh, well, at the moment, we have 12 members that live in within the co-living, but our alumni uh, range is much wider. So since Startup Home started, we had so many people passing through from about 41 nationalities and from completely different backgrounds as well. Exactly as you said, 
I would say the majority of entrepreneur most workers they are either right now in startup form or our alumni come from a background which is quite tech. So talking about fintech, uh, blockchain, tech design, quite as I was saying before, a geeky you know, sort of way background mm-hmm. more than like you were saying, you know, lawyers or anything else. But we welcome we welcome any entrepreneur. It just happens that most likely because that's the way we are as well as, um, you know, that's the sort of niche that we tend to attract. Um, the alumni, as I would say, come from any nationality. I mean, it's one of the things I like the most, having the possibility to meet people that come from all over the world. And as I was saying, different backgrounds. Uh, you learn so much and, and, and they learn so much. It's a, it's a great exchange. And um, right now at the house, we have, you know, um, blockchain expert, app developer, digital design. Um, who else have we got? Uh, you know, platform, uh, web platform developers as well. We have someone who's developing an e-commerce platform. Um, there's a lot of this going on in startup form. And this is why, um, you know, the, the majority of our members are also able to work remotely because we are all more in the digital. Right. Um, I think one of the things that's fascinating is when you get a bunch of creative people together, there's often... Mm-hmm great opportunities for collaboration. For example, uh, maybe the blockchain expert has an idea for an app that they want built on the blockchain and they know someone who either can build it or at least help them understand the infrastructure on building an app. And it's like their next door neighbor basically, or, or I guess you would call it their roommate. Um, How much collaboration is there among members on different projects? Um, so there's been quite a lot of collaboration and there's still going on at the moment, especially it has been, um, in a sort of way, quite productive, uh, being on lockdown and locked in actually more than lockdown, mm-hmm. uh, with coronavirus, because if before we used to socialize to a certain level, now we socialize even further and we have even more time to speak to each other and to find out even more about each other. And, and we kind of like have um, weekly hackathon, if that makes sense, where we yeah. kind of like hackathon slash brainstorming, let's say, uh, where we really sit down and we start to like think and think and we all come out with different ideas. And uh, that's when most of the collaboration really starts from but also when you join a co-living lifestyle home, which is also a community, you join it also because of this. So every time you're looking for something, we are the first people you're coming for. Mm-hmm. So instead of coming, instead of, for example, like you were saying, Luke, who's one of our members that is uh, working on blockchain, uh, would speak straight away to me and say, can we have like maybe a social, I want to speak to the guys, I want to understand you know, who can help me with what, I want to brainstorm, I want to pass ideas through. And we do that pretty much immediately. Um, you know, we, we, we are constantly in, communicate, in, uh, you know, in communication with each other 
either via our platform, our WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApp group, which is related just to the members in the house, or our Facebook private page as well and private group. So it's very quick to straight away connect with everybody. And also, <clears throat> not forget, don't forget that the onboarding, which is such an important part of uh, a niche co-living, mm -hmm. um, it's also when I speak most of the time to the new members and I tell them who lives in the house, who is already part of our community, and they already start to think about collaboration already on the onboarding. So even before you know, you come and join a startup home, you think, well, I'm already looking for something like that. That's amazing. I was looking for an e-commerce person. I was looking for an app developer. I was looking for someone who can help me you know, develop my website. I was looking for someone who can explain to me about blockchain. We were thinking to integrate blockchain in what we are doing at the moment. And that's how it starts. That's, I, I, that's amazing. And I think um, with 12 people, it sounds like there's already a lot of collaboration. And if you guys grow, it just multiplies the opportunity to, yeah. for, for collaboration also, even more. Yeah, but also through our platform that is, it's being developed, so I will be able to talk to you maybe in the next episode a bit more about that. Uh, there are also our uh, Facebook private group and our newsletter. There is still a lot of collaboration between the newcomer in a sort of way and the alumni. Mm -hmm. And it's really fascinating because it kind of feels like the alumni are taking care of the new members, if that makes sense. They're always very interested. Uh, from uh, obviously a business point of view, a development, a developing of the business or or any opportunity point of view, but also from a really community and human point of view and social uh, of who the new members are, what do they have, how can they help them, can they help each other, um, you know, how can they grow, how can we all grow together? It is extremely fascinating. I absolutely love that, and what also. Quite a lot of our alumni have, that have left and move on, uh, they've either, uh, you know, went to work for different projects with, you know, bigger entrepreneurs or, or freelancers. Uh, they got together to do projects. Um, and a lot of them are also part of, you know, like VC, angel syndicate. And so they are always super interested and find out, you know, who is the new kid on the block in a sort of way. Yeah. Would it be fair to say that Startup Home is like the Y Combinator of co-living? Wow. Uh, yeah, why not? Let's say that. Okay. <laughs> that, makes for not? A, that makes for a good headline and I'll be the one to say yeah. it, not you. So, um, so let's talk about sort of the community a little bit more. I, I think yeah. as, you know, a founder myself, um, and I, I think in Silicon Valley and just in tech circles, one of the things that's been talked about quite a bit is loneliness um, because often you're working in a bubble and no one really knows what's going on inside that bubble because as the founder, it is you solely in that bubble and maybe you have co-founders or advisors or something like that, but there's not a lot of people who understand exactly what you're going through. Um, in our interview, you talked about how there's not a lot of loneliness and co-living in some way solves that. Uh, talk about that a little bit more um, because I think that's, 
one of the most interesting things about co-living is that yes, you're renting a space to live, but you're also basically defeating one of the one of the biggest things that a lot of people are going through. That technology has only increased, even though we thought it would decrease it. Yes. So um, with co-living, um, you know, as as I said also uh, previously, you know, many people come, uh, you know, to join a co-living. Many people join a co-living you know, for a place to stay, but then they stay for the community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the community is such an important factor that, that, that on a co-living, it's even a more precious and a more important factor because you tend to have people that are extremely similar to you. So you don't just, you know, kill in a sort of way the loneliness. So you don't just overcome that, but you, so you don't just, Feel, don't feel alone because you have people living around you or in the same building. You also feel less lonely because you have people exactly as you said, they actually understand you. For, to quote an example, if I get home, uh, if I get back to the co-living at one o'clock in the morning and one of the members is there on the computer working, you know, my first question wouldn't be like, why are you still working at 1 a.m.? Like, seriously, it's more like, hey, you know, mate, in England we say mate. So, hey, mate, you know, what, what are you working on? You know, are, are you working, you know, oh, it's 1 a.m. Are you working with the United States? Are you, are you online with, you know, that side of the world? Or Australia, for example, we have well, guys that work with Australia. Um, what are you working on? Is there anything I can do? Can I help you with anything? Anything that could be from making you a cup of warm, you know, drink uh, or anything really that can really support you. Because I think this is what we need. It's not loneliness. It's not, and being alone, it's not just about having people around you, you know, like physically, but it's actually finding someone that really understands you so that you don't have to be in that bubble. Exactly what you said. And I think Colivin is really nailing that especially co-living, which are more, like we would say, niche. So, you know, you, you, you also feel free to really speak to people because they know they understand you. You know they either are going through this or they have already gone through that, which is also what I speak about in the interview that you will, that you, will um, you know, in the link you will put in, uh, in the description. I also say that that is so important. You go there because... You know, the people that you will find in co-living, either they've already gone through that or they are going through it or they will help you go through it or you actually will help them going through it. And you also will understand that there's so many people that are going through the same thing, that they are achieving your same thing or they are suffering the same thing. And uh, that's really where, for me, community are made. Yeah. Communities are made. Do you think, Kate, that broad spaces that are um, not as niche, that are not focused on any uh, specific passion or mission, um, can also help overcome sort of some of that loneliness? Or what do you think the the difference is there, you know, as far as broad versus more niche uh, co-living space? Sure, absolutely. I think it also, again, I think the onboarding is very important you decide where you want to go to live, right? In a, in a sort of way, like you decide where you want to go on holiday. 
there's so many different places and so many different types of accommodation and so many different types. So you go and you look for what really will make you feel less lonely and less isolated and less not understood and less alone. You will look for it. So if you are someone that wants to have a really tight community and is really focusing on that niche, which for me, it's very much, you know, like, um, you know, tech entrepreneurs, you know, mm -hmm. we, we really are like that. We really like that. Like we can talk about, you know, programming and, and the new things and blockchain and building stuff until seven o'clock in the morning and, and further, you know, 24 seven. That's the whole point of the hackathon, right? Um, other people might be happy to want to be in a community, to want to be sorry, in a community that is very similar to them, but not necessarily exactly the same as them. Right. So I think both providers of co-living can achieve exactly that, can, can battle, can fight, you know, can, can overcome this problem of loneliness and being alone. It just really depends. Just not, not everybody that wants to go and live in a co-living really wants to be part of a community 24-7. This is why the majority of co-living are set up, as I was explaining also on, on my interview, on you know, having your own space, so you have your own room, uh, or even your own little flat, or even your own you know, bed sick. Uh, where you have your own space and you can stay there and you know in our house for example in our co-living uh, the majority of the room also have a desk inside so if there is a day where you really need to just concentrate and you need to be there and you just need to focus you need to zone out it's there but the beauty is that in the moment you open that door of your room you have the community there you don't have to step out to make an effort to to try to understand where people which is so similar to you and they would really understand you where are them where are them in this moment where can i find them how do i get out and get them they're there for you right. so when i struggle no i if i am developing something and i i i am struggle with one of my website design for example or or an app or something that I, you know, in that moment, I don't get it, you know, I just open my door or I just send a message on the WhatsApp group and say, hey, is there anyone that can help me for this? Guys, I'm really stuck. They say, okay, leaving room in five minutes. Okay, so we just go up, you know, cup of coffee or whatever. And, and we just kind of like, you know, brainstorm through the problem and done. It's, solved. it's just priceless. Yeah, it, it really is. And mm -hmm. I mean, even with one of my roommates, I don't live in co-living but one of my roommates is uh, his his uh major in college was uh acting but his minor was arts entrepreneurship and we're already okay. working on a project and so there is just that natural thing uh, when you're around people yeah. to complement one another um let's talk about you a little bit if that's okay um <laughs> yeah, sure. in our interview you said uh i asked you how you got to become the mayor of london at startup home and you said the chain of events that brought me here is much weirder and i'm here for the weirdness i want to hear how you got into this spot um because sure. you you have a you're, you're very passionate about entrepreneurship and now you yeah. get to sort of oversee this community of entrepreneurs flourish and collaborate talk about your background and and the, and the weird story you have for us we're definitely interested in that 
Yeah, so I mean, the, the story that really got me passionate about to living, not just entrepreneurship, is actually started a few years ago when I was traveling the world for fashion. So I used to be a fashion producer. Uh, I still nip in and out sometimes. When I really miss it, I go back and I do my fashion weeks here and there. Um, so I was a fashion producer and I used to travel to, you know, I used to travel pretty much every week somewhere, but also during the main, you know, fashion week. So Milan, Paris, New York, and London, um, you know, we as a team used to travel all together. So we would all move and go from London, where a lot of us would live, to Milan, then to Paris, then to New York, actually New York first. And when, when I started to, on my first couple of seasons, not really, but then I really started to really understand the need of co-living. And I'm talking about like a good few years ago, 2012, maybe. So we're talking about, yeah, a good eight years ago. Um, so all of us were, uh, you know, I used to look after, and I still do actually, hair and makeup. So I used to look after, you know, the beauty side of the background, of the backstage, sorry, in, uh, during fashion week, during big fashion shows. Um, and so I used to notice that how, you know, us as, let's say, hair and makeup used to crave to want to live together when we went into the city. So we wanted to go to Paris and kind of like rent a big place for all of us to live together. And it wasn't just about saving money. That's what I really understood. It wasn't just about, you know, uh, an affordable accommodation. That also was an element. But the, the, the biggest element was exactly what you said before. So it was exactly the fact that we didn't want to be in that bubble on our own. We just wanted to share with people that really understood us, really understood what it meant waking up really early, carrying your kit with you, you know, the stress of the fashion week, uh, all of it. And so that's when I really started to think, okay, hold on a second. I'm, I'm, I'm really liking this, you know, and, and I'm really understanding that there is a demand and I really understand that this is a problem that, as an entrepreneur that I am, I really want to solve. And that's how I started to get into co-living. First, I was the one, you know, investing. First, I was just as an investor. And I started to also, you know, organize uh, people to travel. And when they were traveling, I would say, okay, you know, I'll find a place. I'll look after you. We'll, you know, we'll, I, I will do the good onboarding and all of that sort of thing. And then I decided to look less into fashion and more into co-living and real estate in general, really. And so, yeah, I decided to push myself into that. And, you know, I was running a portfolio of uh, smaller co-living. So also defined as HMO, so House of Multiple Occupancies. And after a while, I started to look into, you know, bigger co-living, more niche. Um, I had this entrepreneurial, you know, factor in me and I wanted to be around more people that were also more technical and not as autistic as, and I came across, um, startup home. Uh, I came across after home. I really loved it. I decided to go and leave and start up home. And the person who was looking after, you know, the community and the whole of thing, uh, left at the time 
um, he went to he went he's one of our alumni that actually went on to become uh, you know one of the VC and overlooking a lot of investments and finding you know new opportunities which is fantastic and he's still very active in our uh, community and um, you know I temporarily took on the the role uh, and then I, I absolutely loved it and you know loved the community is crazy and wants to develop it even more and that's how I became the house mayor. Wow. From and fashion from fashion and catwalk to entrepreneurs. <laughs> that's uh that's not a quite a linear trajectory. It's like all over the place. But that's yeah. that's the life that's of why I said is that's why I said it's much yes, that's why I said to use much weirder because you know I am um, Sometimes when you speak to certain entrepreneurs, especially if they are uh, more technical, let's say, you know, uh, they come out from maybe like a developer background. And so they, it's kind of like a step-by-step -step that makes sense. But for me, it's more like a roller coaster in a certain way. <laughs> it's like, so I was into fashion and then I went into living together with people and then more into real estate. And the, I guess it's just, I mean, the true meaning of an entrepreneur is someone really that wants to solve a problem for, you know, that sees a problem, wants to find a solution and develop a business or anything that, that, that works around that solution. Yeah. And so, you know, when I, when I wanted to, uh, you know, create more colleagues in and, and understand that putting these sorts of people together, you know, I understood that more and more people saw exactly like me. And that's what I thought, okay, I just have to do it. I just, I just have to do it. And, um, you know, I also think, no, I don't think, I absolutely know that the reason why I love Startup Home, it's because of the social enterprise, the fact that they are so, you know, we are, we are so interested for us, the well-being of our members and the developing of our members is so important. So, being able to really help them and serve them in a certain way so that they can really achieve more and more and, you know, they can do their work better and they can build their companies better and, you know, they, they, they can just be better in everything. It's an, an extremely important part. And, and it's so much more than a room. <laughs> it's like you're living there, but the other half is you get, uh, you know, aside from you get a bed to sleep in and all that sort of stuff, yeah. the community and social stuff is just like, it's beyond what you can get from renting a traditional space. Yes, um, absolutely. But also, you know, think about uh, you're moving to a new city, which is what I experimented, mm. where we used to travel to New York and Milan and Paris. Of course, after a few years, you kind of like get used to because you start to know it. But it took us a few years. So imagine you're moving to a new city or a new side of the city even, you know, like for example, you live in Los Angeles, right? Yep. Los Angeles is quite big as well. From one side to the other of town, it's probably quite different. And London is the same, you know, from west to east, it's completely different. It is London, but it's very different, you know, from north to south, same thing. In fact, yep. there's a lot of, you know, like rivalries, you know, kind of like rivals. You know, you're from South, you're from North. <laughs> but it's, imagine you're actually moving to a new city. You know, it will take you such a long time to understand 
you know, how the city were, where everything is, what's best, what's not good, uh, you know, where you should go. Sometimes it's good to go out and explore, for sure, but exploring every single thing is quite daunting, especially when you just move, and especially if you are an entrepreneur that needs to move somewhere to really concentrate on what you want to do and how you want to achieve it, especially you want to achieve it as soon as possible. Because we know that entrepreneurs, we're not very good with being very patient, right? right? We want everything yesterday, not today, but yesterday. So when, when you join a colleague, it's just great because you arrive and you have not just a community, like you were saying, but a community of people that will straight away tell you, oh yeah, you know, this is the best place you can go. You know, this is where they have the best coffee, for example. Yeah, you can come with me to my gym. You know, I go there. That's how we would go out running. Oh, there is a running group. You can join us. Anything, anything from your, own, from your grocery store to literally anything. What's the best way to travel to work, for example? If, you, if you're going to work somewhere, if you want to join a co-working space, for example, which one is the best co-working space, you know? Anything. The community is there. They are already living there. They already know these sorts of things. And they can also tell you. You can read blogs, you can read, you know, um, all the website that they tell you reviews about places, about people, about anything. But it's so different when you actually sit down and you talk to someone and you say, right. this is exactly what I'm looking for. And they say, yeah, I can tell you exactly. That place is like this. Avoid that one. Go there. This is how you need to do it. But to me, it's priceless. Yeah. And especially for a city like Los Angeles, I moved here from Seattle, Washington a couple of years back and okay. Los Angeles is definitely one city, but it's basically like 10 or 12 cities within one city. And exactly. so even if you explore one part of town, the next part can be completely different. And I know for me, it took me a couple of years to really understand like the geography and the layout and where you go out to eat and where you go out to bars and where's like way too expensive and where's like, you know, like, pretty underpriced and like good value and like normal people, you know? So I think, um, that's, that's a huge benefit. And also if you come to a city like Los Angeles, it's hard to make friends. Um, and if you do, let's say you, you meet someone and you like, I live in Hollywood and I meet a friend who lives in like Santa Monica, that's 30, 45 minutes, hour, hour and a half sometimes away from each other. And it's that's a, it's like a long distance relationship basically because you really have to plan out when you're going to get together. So even just being able to make friends right away uh, yeah. is such a huge part, especially when you're moving somewhere new. And it, like you said, it does take not not just months; it can take years to understand yeah, a city like Los Angeles and probably uh, 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 London. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely a benefit. Um, Let's get to... But even, even, if it's, even if it's a small reality, like I went to visit a few different co-living that are set up also like in the middle of literally nowhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have like working and co-living, everything. It's so important to uh, you arrive and you have people in there that have already lived there for a while. So they can tell you exactly where you want to go and rent your bike, where you want to go and do the grocery shopping, where you want anything really it, right. you know any anything it's and not just that also you know if you you know w when you go through certain things as soon as someone new comes into your community 
it's like a natural instinct. You do want them, you know, you want them to avoid doing in a sort of way your same mistakes right. or going through your pain. So you straight away try to, you know, warn them or what not to do or what to do. Yeah, and that, I think that, that's it. You know, it's it's also where the community develops even more. Yeah, that that need to help. Um, and and speaking of help, let's go to the modern news. Um, Co living <laughs> has taken sort of uh, from the people I've talked to uh, quite a bit of hit. Uh, quite a hit in the short term. And we talk about this a little bit on our blog post, but um, Mm -hmm. tell us first of all, how the coronavirus and the quarantine and self-isolation and social distancing is is affecting uh, startup home. So um, we're extremely lucky at startup home, or perhaps we've done a fantastic, uh, you know, setup. And this is why we are in this situation. Uh, so only one of our residents has decided uh, to go in uh, self-isolation. Uh, he wanted to be completely on his own. Um, and so he decided to, to leave. Uh, but all the other members are staying at home. Uh, they decided to remain there. Um, and actually, it, it was, it's, it's been brilliant. You know? all, uh, so we've, we've implemented all the measurements, you know, with regard to health and safety and government guidelines before uh, it was, let's say, compulsory. Uh, It was made compulsory by the UK government, especially because I am Italian and I've seen that happening in Italy. So I started to, you know, warn uh, our members and say, guys, this is going to happen. It's natural, you know, it will expand. And it will come here as well. So, uh, you know, we started to go into a semi-lockdown, even before the lockdown, the official lockdown from the government was, you know, uh, instructed and everybody had to do it. Uh, We started to talk to each other straight away. We started to say, you know, as a general rule, no more guests in the house unless it's strictly necessary, as in, you know, we let the cleaner come in for a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, there was a, a little repair that needed to be done, so the handyman came in. But after that, that is it. We stopped, you know, we set up our water, we took our responsibility. And I think the first two or three days were a bit worrying in a sort of way and a little bit, I don't want to say scary, I don't want to use the word scary, but uh, people were a bit wary of the fact that they had to live together for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it going to be? How are we, were we going to cope? And then this sort of beauty of the community came in, you know, of we all sat down and we all said, okay, we are in in this together. You know, we decided to live together. We are going to stay here. What are we going to do about it? And apart from some of the rules that obviously as a, you know, provider, we had to implement and to put, you know, in there. Everything else was literally, again, the community. And this is what for us, it's, you know, the social enterprise part is so important. You know, the community spirit, it really is so important. So we all decided to, you know, put all our effort together. And actually, and very interestingly, uh, you know, even more collaborations are coming up now because as I was saying before, we have even more time to speak to each other. If before, you know, bear in mind that we live in London, and it's like a fantastic city that never stops. 
and there is, you know, every day there is something happening. Every day, every hour, every moment, every morning, every afternoon. So although you live in a community and you spend a lot of time with your community, you obviously live in a city and you go out, you socialize with other people, you attend other events, you do other things. But obviously by being in lockdown, it means that your community becomes even more your social base. And so, you know, if before we had, you know, one social every week, now it's like, I don't want to say once a day, but kind of, <laughs> you know, it becomes even more. And obviously not everybody's free at the same time. So, you know, um, even if you didn't have the chance maybe to speak to someone as much before, you now have it even further. And so we are discovering even more interesting stuff about each other, even more interesting stuff about our business, because we all have more times in our hands and we actually really understood even further how precious it is to have a community in this moment. I can't think how difficult and, you know, how really hard has to be for someone who is on their own right now. And they didn't choose to be on their own. Do you understand? So like, right. if you decided that, you know, perhaps you are at risk and you're one of those subjects that, you know, can really be, you know, be hit very hard should you be catching, you know, the virus, then I understand, you know, you're doing it for yourself. You want to go in total, you know, strict self-isolation. Um, and it's extremely important that you do so. But, you know, for someone that normally just live on their own, actually being forced to stay indoor and to just be there on your own all the time for we don't know how long, it must be very tough on your mental health as well. And also, um, I don't know if you've seen some of the photos that we have as well. Uh, we have a fantastic rooftop, it's huge, and we spend a lot of time there. So the Wi-Fi gets to the rooftop. So, you know, we have an outdoor office and, you know, that's also the place where we do a lot of our physical activities. I'm a big Zumba fan. So, you know, I think it's really good for mental health because it's, you know, it makes you really smile and it makes you move. And, and it's like, again, it's another community thing. And, and I think that's really the difference. And also bear in mind that uh, because our colleaguing is not huge, is on a medium size, everybody really already from before knew each other and interacted to each other. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it if anything, I have to say, it got even better. Yeah, and I can see that from, you know, things that started that basically relate, the one positive I can see from this is relationships really deepen during this time yeah. because yeah. You, you have too much time to where you can't just, you know, talk about, oh, the weather, this or that. You have so much time. Your only option is to really get to know people. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so, and but like, also... But also, I think, sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, um, no. I also think that, you know, coronavirus in a sort of way uh, has shown everybody that we are all the same, but we really are all the same. Yeah. It's like no one, it's, you know, I can't just look at you and say, ah, oh, Paul, I mean, you know, you are from Los Angeles, so you are going to be just fine. It's like, no, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter anything we are all we really are all in this together 
And so I guess that's what really strengthened the community more. And also, don't forget, as we were mentioning before, our members are mainly entrepreneurs, remote workers, and innovators. And even, you know, we have a few members that used to go out every day and, and you know, they joined one of the uh, co-working spaces that, uh, you know, as Start of Home we collaborate with. Um, it, it doesn't matter, they, they, it doesn't matter, you know, once they have their computer, maybe their larger screen, especially, you know, the guys working on developing and stuff like that, they need bigger screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do it from anywhere. So it's, yes, it has affected us, but we are also really lucky because, you know, our members are also people that can carry on, you know, doing what they do day in, day out. Okay, it affected the fact that they can't go out of the house. But it's still, you know, waking up, doing their work, uh, talking to the other people they are working with constantly. So I think it's very important as well that that hasn't changed and that really has made a bigger impact on, you know, startup home in general. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to my last question, um, yeah. which is how do you think, so we're seeing the effects of COVID-19 on a short-term basis. Uh, we're seeing cancellations at a lot of places, um, just reduced bookings. Um, wh- what do you think the, the long-term impacts of COVID-19 will be on co-living um, in terms of how spaces are designed, how communities interact? W- what do you think that looks like? So I definitely think that uh, a lot of people understood right now the strength and the value even further of a community, of how important having people around you and really having someone that can support you in these sorts of moments, especially if you live with people that are very similar to you and you can constantly, I don't want to say this situation made it even better, but you definitely know how to take advantage of something that you cannot control. So there is something which is outside and around us that we are struggling, you know, worldwide to control. But what we can control is what's happening within, inside. So inside our house, inside the place we live, uh, inside our co-living. And that is, I think, something that will be extremely precious moving on in the future. For sure, the way we will need to build and develop buildings will change will change because um, we will need to be able to create spaces that will be able to accommodate people that will want to, you know, auto-isolate or self-isolate should they need to without the necessity of having to share facilities with others. So as we were mentioning during our, you know, interview, I believe, for example, you, just an example that springs in mind is designing rooms that also have a tiny, maybe like a smaller uh, kitchenette, uh, you know, so it becomes more like a bedsit so that should something like that happen again, people can choose to really stay in their own room 24-7 if, and also if they need to because they might fall ill or there might be a necessity. And they really don't need to step out of there for anything else. You know, they can ask other members uh, to go shopping for them and to bring food and to bring that sort of thing, leave it outside the, ha- the room. And then they, they you know, their, their 
space, you know, in within the room in a sort of way, it's kind of like self-contained. But I actually think that, as you said, you know, COVID might have impacted on a short term some of the co-living, you know, spaces, especially the one that perhaps right now are offering, you know, short term stay, because obviously people are not moving, that they are not traveling. So, uh, you know, uh, they, they suffer the same way that hotels are suffering and, you know, Airbnb providers and service accommodation providers are. But I actually think that on the long run, uh, you know, COVID would really get people to see the importance of living with people that are so similar to you and that you can really rely on. Yeah, that's um, that, that I, I think all, all of that is a great point. I think it'll have probably big changes and people will probably be reserved unless co-living spaces are being extremely proactive about, uh, you know, maintaining health and cleanliness and, and, and safety and well-being for its members. Um, so that, that's, that's great insight, Kate. Um, is, is there anything else you, you want to share to people who are perhaps checking out Startup Home? Um, you know, th- this is the, the closing segment in which you talk about whatever you want to talk about that I didn't ask you about. <laughs> Yeah, so Startup Home is, as I mentioned before, obviously, it's a social enterprise and, you know, our aim really is the well-being, you know, we like to think we are a sanctuary for entrepreneurs, innovators and remote workers and, you know, it's so important to us and obviously we, we would like to bring this you know, spirit in a sort of way uh, all around the world. And this is my aim. And, you know, I, I would like to see a startup home, you know, in every city. I would love that, you know, and I, I, I can't wait to develop even further our platform that will connect, you know, our alumni uh, wherever they are, even further in the world. And it will let other people to connect with us. Um, that's the main I think that's the main, that's what I really want to concentrate and that's really where Startup Home is going. And also, you know, as, uh, as I mentioned in the interview, it's not just about a room, like you were saying, but it's more a 360 degree service for, you know, uh, entrepreneurs and, you know, uh, innovators and, you know, being ourselves. So the people we really understand the need that we have as an entrepreneur. So anything that could be from, you know, the mailing, you know, uh, redirection to your account, uh, you know, your bookkeeping and uh, being done, any single thing, you know, we want to be able to really support entrepreneurs and innovators with every single thing that is really necessary for them to be able to, you know, strive even further and, and, and to achieve even further. But I definitely want to see a start of home, uh, you know, in every single city, you know, in the world. We're in Los Angeles. And I really mean it, every single city in the world. Come to Los Angeles. We're waiting for you guys. We're waiting. <laughs> um, I have to, I, I, we have to wait until this coronavirus is gone, but I definitely will. I was planning to come to California for the Colleen uh, conference, 
and and I wanted to you know pop down to Los Angeles as well. But obviously, you know, it's going to be an online one now, so that's not going to happen. But I'm definitely going to go Los Angeles. I think uh, you know Los Angeles and California in general is definitely a place that is ready for startup home. You know, I think the niche yeah. is there. You know, it's full of entrepreneurs, innovators, remote workers. And, you know, I can see myself set up a nice startup home in there also. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, please feel free to reach out to me. You know, um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn or, you know, you can find us on our website. And if you have any questions, you know, if you want to work with us, uh, if you think, you know, startup home, uh, is suitable for, you know, for whatever you are doing at the moment. Yeah, just, you know, get in touch. And, and we'll know, provide. Let me, let me explain uh, a bit more about what we do. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Kate. And we'll provide show notes um, down below to where you can reach out to Kate on LinkedIn, um, oh, and definitely you. access to their website so you can get um, even even a more full picture of what it looks like and how it's done. Um, yeah. Uh, and anyway, I, also, I I really just want to say, uh, you know, to to end it all, that I think you know you're obviously on the leaving, uh, you know, world as well. I for me, it's such an exciting time like i really believe that we are shaping the future of our society and how people will live you know in 20 years time we'll probably look back and say wow you know we were part of that movement that start that started sorry you know the co-living again because you know back in the day that's how people used to live mainly because of economical reasons right uh people used to live together families used to live together um you know, and now we are we are doing it for a different reason. You know, we want to go back to find our community. You know, our pack. Uh, you know, together we are stronger. Together we are stronger. And and you know, and and I believe that, you know, uh, as co-living provider, this is exactly what we are doing at the moment. We really shape. You know, we're really shaping the future of how our society and how we will live, and this will impact anything. Across any you know sectors, across any age range, and across any country. Yeah, and and last note before we wrap up, but sort of to piggyback on your point, ten years ago the idea of Uber and Airbnb sounded crazy. Um, and my and even you know my mom for like eight years was scared of Uber and oh you know it's scary. Same with Airbnb and co living. I feel like maybe a couple years ago was sort of. Um, felt like that in some ways to a different generation. And like you said, in even three to five to 10 years, we'll see co-living get mass acceptance, not only among, you know, sort of individuals, but maybe even families and sort of, it'll go back to co-housing sort of arrangements. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Kate. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed this. We had a lot of fun doing it. Thanks guys. Thank you very much for having me. See you in Los Angeles. See ya.